What's up, everyone? Thanks for checking out the Face of the Heel podcast. Uh, fortunately, Paul was not able to join me this week, so you're going to get a solo Ralph show. Just going to do a quick little uh, recap of what happened with NXT TakeOver 31 and talk about what I think is next for a lot of these superstars that are just phenomenal. So I it wasn't as like big and extravagant as what we just had last weekend with WWE, uh, at Clash of Champions, like we didn't have the insanity that was the ladder match, the intercontinental intercontinental ladder match. But tonight was still just a really good, solid wrestling pay per view. Uh, there wasn't anything insane. There wasn't any gimmicks like uh, no no disqualification, no ladder match, none of that. Just straight wrestling. So we started off with uh, Damian Priest and then Johnny wrestling, which great match. I honestly kind of expected it to be more on the Damian Priest side. I really thought it was just going to almost be like just single-handed, and then if anything, Johnny Gargano will get a cheap win at the end. But I would have been really shocked if Damian Priest lost his title on only his second defense. I'm pretty sure he's about to start facing, you know, former champion after former champion, building this reign and making it relevant. Uh, it was a really great match. A lot of great things happened. Damian Priest got the win on top of it, but I think it really helped Johnny Gargano because he hasn't had, I think, this great of a match in quite a while, especially once the new character gimmick. Like The last like great match I really loved with Johnny Gargano was probably when he turned heel against Tommaso Ciampa. So I think Gargano is going to stay an opener to mid-Carter. I don't see him advancing anytime soon. I, he's definitely not going to get an NXT championship shot after just losing his shot at the North American title. So he's definitely there to make other people, I think, look good. Maybe in a few months, they might give him another chance. But right now, it's the Damian Priest show. And, you know, this past Wednesday, we just had something that made me drop my jaw in, in shock was Dexter Loomis was back. So I'm hoping that means he's clear and he's going to start wrestling again. I would love down the line, like in a couple months, like really get Damian Priest's title run like significant and awesome and have those two face each other. Cause going into the ladder match where Damian Priest got the title, I wanted it to be Dexter Loomis. I absolutely love him when he got injured and taken out. Uh, dude, I was so sad. Like I, I love everything about Dexter Loomis. I actually wanted Paul Heyman to work with him instead of Roman and Dexter Loomis can keep just not talking and being his creepy, weird, like, psychotic like, I don't even want to say psychotic he's just out there like self and have Paul Heyman do all the talking and I think that would have just fit so perfectly and it could have been so great but that would mean Dexter Loomis would have had to get called up I highly doubt Paul Heyman would have came to NXT so I think you know next for Damian Priest is probably going to be another former champion like possibly Velveteen Dream I don't think it's anyone in Undisputed Era because with what happened at the end of the night which we'll all get to uh, Undisputed Era, I think, is about to be busy, so he can't face anyone like Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Roderick Strong, or Adam Cole, or even Bobby Fish. So I don't know who I would like to see Damon Priest fight next, but you know, there's a lot of good potential. He could even possibly take on someone uh, that we haven't seen in a while and maybe bring someone back finally, which would be really nice because I'm sure there's a bunch of talent that hasn't been used that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, unfortunately, I know like Killian Dane is, I think, still being quarantined. I know him and Nikki Cross, I believe, were due to uh, a COVID issue. Uh, we don't need to see him face Cameron Grimes again. That's just unnecessary. Uh, I just feel like a lot of people are all like, 
tag teams or like kind of mid carters are like not around. So it's like, who could he face next to really like elevate his like title run? And like, really the only person I can think of that like isn't being used right now is Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, but I just feel like when Tommaso Ciampa gets on a roll and goes for a title, he kind of needs to win it. He can't lose again, but who knows? Maybe, uh, He'll start getting on a win streak. He'll be the one that faces Damian Priest. And then those two, I think, would put on a killer match uh, at one of the next takeovers. So if I had to pick someone, uh, since I want Dexter Loomis down the road, I would hope Damian Priest faces like Tommaso Ciampa. And then after that, we got into the rivalry that was Kushida and Velveteen Dream. You know, this one was a little weird. Like, it's been something building up. It was a solid match. It was really good. Uh, I... I'm assuming the rivalry is just going to be over now. Like Kushida beat dream and like viciously beat him at the end. So I'm assuming these two are done. Maybe Velveteen Velveteen dream is going to be kind of like written off for a little while. Cause he got a lot of real life heat, but who knows? They might continue this. It was a solid match. I wouldn't mind getting another part two of these guys, but I do think the best thing about all of it was, you know, Kushida, you know, dresses and really takes from Back to the Future with his outfit and his gimmick. And Velveteen Dream came out as Doc Brown, and it was just great. I'm, like, looking at him, like, why is your hair silver? And then they zoomed out, and I saw, like, the gloves, the white pants. I'm like, all right, that's great. That's hilarious. But, you know, it was, it was nice to finally see, like, Koshi to do something, because I feel like he's just been a stepping stone for people, at, like, ever since he came to NXT. Like, he'd have, like, one good match, and then, like, just get other people over. So it was really nice to see Kushida get the victory here. You know, maybe even he builds up and goes to Damian Priest. I don't think he's the one that should dethrone him, but you know, those guys could put on a solid match. I just, I'm assuming since Velveteen lost, he's not going to take it like lightly and he's going to come back and it's probably going to continue this feud. I, I I'm either way. I don't know. The jury's out on that one. I don't know if they're going to continue or end it. Either way, it was a really solid match. If you didn't watch it, I highly recommend it. Most of the titles, and I think only one title was not on the line tonight. The only There was two titles I expected to change tonight, honestly. One of them being the Cruiserweight Championship. I really thought uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was going to be sent Santos Escobar. I, I really just kind of expected it. I thought it was finally going to happen and maybe kind of put like a dent in the armor that is Santos Escobar since he's only lost twice once in a singles match and once in the giant six man tag match, uh, against Isaiah, Sir, Isaiah Swerve Scott and, uh, Brizongo. So I really thought maybe they were going to finally kind of like take him down and not build him to be this like indestructible cruiserweight. But you know, the other guys of Legato del Fantasma got involved. Uh, Isaiah Swerve, great match yet again and he ended up not winning so i was actually a little shocked by that i really thought isaiah swerve was gonna get the push get the title because i absolutely love that dude i think it would be great if they put the title on him and he could really i think elevate the cruiserweight title but you know escobar santos has been doing a great job with that like i actually really like legato del fantasma and i wouldn't mind if you know in the next few months the other two members get the tag titles and they just hold three titles. I think that'd be pretty cool. But for right now in the cruiserweight division, like Cameron Grimes might fit the bill. I'm not a hundred percent sure if he would make it or not. I think he would maybe even Johnny Gargano, like the smaller guys, I think giving him another, like 
giving uh, Santos Escobar another like really defined person, like honestly, like Johnny Gargano and like really building his resume now. Cause he's really only been facing people that are also kind of new to the scene and haven't really been around a long time other than Drake Maverick, which, you know, wrestling wise in the WWE, a lot of people, if they don't watch other brands probably haven't seen him. So they kind of didn't expect much from him. I was hoping he got the title. I've loved him. I followed him around multiple brands, loved him as rockstar spud. I was kind of hoping he was going to be that in WWE kind of makes sense that he wasn't other than him facing people that aren't like huge yet in the WWE, but they've been like good on the indie scenes and the up and coming scenes, but they aren't really established. Whereas some of these other person, people like, Honestly, he could even go and face Kyle O'Reilly. Like, there's a lot of guys that I think could fit the cruiserweight division. Uh, but I think him and Johnny Gargano would put on a really good match. And I think that would really help boost Santos Escobar to the next level, making the cruiserweight title even better and, like, more prestigious. So I think that would be a cool match for the both of them, especially because, like, Johnny Gargano wants to be the power couple with his wife. They both want to hold titles. If there was a title that he actually could win, it would probably be the cruiserweight. There's like with the landscape of NXT right now, he can't win the other two singles titles. It's just you could never sell me on that, I think. Uh, and then speaking of his wife, Candice LeRae, she was the other person I thought the title was going to change tonight. I actually thought there was a possibility Candice LeRae was going to beat Io Shirai. Uh, I like, you know, they've been building up Io Shirai to a great title run. So, you know, one of these next few defenses, unless she's going to go like really long term, like over a year, I could see that's where she's losing it. You know, Paul and I have talked multiple times that Rhea Ripley is probably going to be the next person. I wouldn't be shocked if they're holding that off until fans come back, uh, because that would probably be a great match. And Rhea Ripley could finally get the moment that she was supposed to have at WrestleMania until, you know, everything went haywire. You know, there are other people she could finally uh, face Raquel Gonzalez. She could maybe go after, like, her and Dakota Kai could fight again. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart, I wouldn't be mad. I absolutely love her. I think she's phenomenal. I think within the next, like, year, we'll see her with the title. Maybe just not yet. Like, she's still building the momentum, still building up. But, you know, I actually think the women's division in NXT has been, like, really stepping it up and really building up that, like, almost no matter who... EO faces next, it's gonna be great. Like, there's just so many possibilities. Like, we could even get like Chelsea Green to come back. We haven't seen her in a while. Uh, you know, Zia Lee, even though she's kind of doing the thing with uh, Casey and her partner, oh, I feel so bad. Uh, Caden Carter, that's who it is. Uh, you know, I love those three. I think if they started getting more time and kind of building themselves, they could even be a viable opponent for EO Shirai, but. You know, I just think the women's division is so good and so stacked in NXT right now that there's so many possibilities for Io Shirai. I would love to see her and Shotzi Blackheart again. I I could never say enough good things about Shotzi Blackheart. I think, like I said, within the next year, she's going to be NXT Women's Champion. She's just so good, so insane, and just wants to put on the best performance every time. So if it's not Rhea Ripley taking the title, I'm calling Shotzi Blackheart. It's one of those two... I think all the other ones, like Raquel Gonzalez, uh, maybe Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez, if they bring her back, because pretty sure she's in retribution. Maybe she's not. Who knows? I haven't really been able to see that fifth person's face that I, I'm not 100% sure who it is. But, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. But one of those two, calling it now, 
Rhea Ripley or Shotzi Blackheart is the one taking the title from Io Shirai. Uh, and then the main event, which I was so hyped for, like more hyped than I was last week for the Roman uh, Jey Uso match, then the Drew McIntyre Randy Orton match, more than the Intercontinental Ladder match, more than any match recently was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. These two dudes are just like some of the most talented guys. And, you know, I've seen a lot of push on social media for people to be like, you know, push Kyle O'Reilly. Like they don't have the tag titles anymore. Push him because anyone who's followed him, especially like now that WWE has bought some of these like indie companies, they have all this footage. Like they put a really great package together for Kyle O'Reilly and like really showed people like what he's been doing for the last, uh, I think 15 years. He's been saying the dude is insane. I've seen a lot of his independent stuff. He is a great wrestler. Him, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, all of them. I've seen so much on, and they're so great, which is why I just, I've loved them as a tag team and Adam Cole's the face. But when Kyle O'Reilly got the push, I knew he wasn't going to win. There was no way Finn Balor was losing his title in his first defense. I, I think it would have been insane. If anything, this builds to another match and like, they can kind of build up on the Cinderella story. This was too short of a time for Finn Balor to lose his title. And I think, you know, you could really build Kyle O'Reilly's momentum even more. Uh, it was a phenomenal match. There was multiple times I was like, oh my God, maybe Kyle O'Reilly is going to win. If you didn't watch tonight, you need to go back and watch this match. It was so good and so strong. Like there's a reason why these two guys are like arguably some of the best and not just in NXT, not just in the company in the entire business, like Finn Balor and Kyler O'Reilly just looked so good. They did so many great spots, so many great maneuvers. It was a great wrestling match. It was phenomenal. Like, you know, they jokingly, not even jokingly, they were kind of serious, had the greatest wrestling match ever several months back between Randy Orton and Edge. This was a phenomenal wrestling match. You know, I loved that match. I loved those two. I think I would take this match over. It was just so good. Uh, unfortunately, I think there was a time where Kyle O'Reilly went to knee Finn Balor, and I think he might have actually got him because a few moments later when they zoomed in on Finn's face, he spit out a lot of blood. So either when he hit the coup de gras and might have kneed himself in the face or when Kyle O'Reilly did it, he definitely like either punctured his lip, bit his tongue, something, because there was a lot of blood coming out of his mouth. So I hope he's fine. Like I still remember when Cesaro accidentally bashed his face off of the top of the ring post and that was just oh that was disgusting i felt so bad when that happened like even though he was a heel at the time and you should hate him like dude that was that was brutal to look at i'm like so happy he's better now but i don't wish that happening to anyone like or any injury for that matter like i don't want to see any of these people get hurt you know it's their livelihood it's their business so i'm sure he's fine it's probably just a mouth injury but it's probably going to suck for the next couple days uh i think the most interesting thing the end of the match, uh, both of them are kind of struggling to get up because, you know, they just put them, put each other through hell. Uh, Finn Balor helps up Kyle O'Reilly. You know, they shake each other's hands. Uh, unfortunately, they kind of went over Finn Balor's shoulder, so you couldn't really see or hear what he was saying. But I, I really wish I could have because there was just great sportsmanship between the two of them. They both respect each other a lot. And as they're talking, and I, I'm assuming congratulating each other, like on the great match, uh, all of a sudden they zoom over and you see Ridge Holland, which at first I was like, is that Pat McAfee? I couldn't tell like, cause he had someone over his shoulder. So like kind of part of his face was missing. 
Uh, and all of a sudden, they, the camera angle got better, and you see it's Rich Holland holding Adam Cole over his shoulder, just like unconscious and beat up, and just throws him over the barricade and walks away, just dumps him like trash. And it looks like Ridge Holland is about to get a big push. Like, he just randomly showed up this past Wednesday during Cameron Grimes's little, you know, tournament cup that he created for himself with handpicked opponents that were all, you know, no-named wrestlers that he was just going to squash and make himself look good. All of a sudden, Ridge Holland comes out, destroys him, leaves, and then all of a sudden tonight we get Ridge Holland holding Adam Cole, beat up, destroyed, and just drops him in front of Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. So I'm really interested to see where this is going, if it's going to somehow turn into maybe Balor is going to create his own stable and Ridge Holland's going to be like the first person, or if Ridge Holland is just like kind of like saying, I'm coming for all of you next, and like this was just the first step. So there, there's just a lot of possibilities with this. And I, I'm, I'd imagine the first step, it's either going to be Ridge Holland versus Adam Cole or Ridge Holland. He's going to face one of the members of UE because they're going to like theoretically Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole won't be, you know, possibly medically cleared for this Wednesday or they're too rough. So Roger Strong or Bobby Fish will step up. And I'm assuming whoever Ridge Holland faces, he's beating them. And he's about to get a big push, whether he goes for the NXT title and wins. I don't see him getting the title. I don't think he's been around long enough. He's not that well established to have like people behind him, whether it's love or hate, but you know, he could build up and like, just go through all of UE and that'd be pretty solid. Like the couple times I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of him, uh, just the couple matches he's had in NXT. And he's been pretty solid. I definitely want to see more of him, but until I see more, I can't really make, I think, a final decision if I think he's going to be good or not. Like, he could be, like, I was honestly thinking for a second, like, if him and Finn Balor got together, they could kind of be like the MJF and Wardlow of NXT. And I think that'd be solid. That'd be fine. Like, you know, Christian and Tomko and, like, all these other guys uh, where you just had, like, this big brute behind him. Like, he's not huge, like, six, seven foot, but, you know, the dude is a big guy. There's a lot of muscle and a lot of mass behind him. So I, I'm really curious to see where that's going, but I think it's either way, it's going to build to a Ridge Holland versus Adam Cole match. And that has some pretty big potential. So I, I would like to see that. I don't know where Ridge Holland goes from here. If he's joining Finn Balor and he's going to finally create a stable, which I felt like they teased and they were going to do multiple times. Like when he first showed back up and like took a shot at UE. And then when he was like going at Walter, like I really thought multiple times they were going to create like uh, another club in NXT, but you know, it just hasn't happened. And now that Finn Balor's back on top, I wouldn't be shocked if he creates a stable of his own to combat UE might happen, might not happen. Definitely let me know which you think. Cause I would love to talk to someone about it. Uh, I guess the only other things I have to say about this match was, or not this match, this pay-per-view, there were two more returns uh, because, you know, the past couple of weeks we've been getting some woman on a motorcycle kind of like showing up, stealing the title. Um, you know, at first I was like, oh, maybe it's Tessa Blanchard because there's been lots of rumors that she's coming. And then they were like, oh, it's a former former champion. Then I was like, oh, like, who could it be? Like, there's a lot of possibilities. Honestly, I am quite shocked that I did not 
think of this person. I didn't even consider them, and I feel bad for it. Uh, it's someone that has been gone for quite some time. So we finally see the person on the motorcycle. They show up. They walk out to the entrance. They take their helmet off, helmet off and it's Ember Moon. How I didn't consider her, I don't know, and I feel horrible because we haven't seen her in so long, and I know she's been medically clear for a while. I just don't think they knew what to do with her. And, you know, I was just talking about how the women's division has been getting so good on NXT. Now they just added not only Ember Moon, but Tony Storm so showed up on the Titan Tron calling out Io Shirai, saying that she's coming too. So you have all these great talents, and they just added two more phenomenal wrestlers in Ember Moon and Tony Storm, which I'm kind of shocked at the Tony Storm one, like, especially with like NXT UK coming back up. I uh, I know they kind of teased like her coming over when Rhea had the title. Uh, I think it would have made a lot more sense if Rhea still had the title from WrestleMania, but I don't know. Now it's kind of weird to me. Like they have this huge division, you know, last week I kind of talked about and touched on like having too many people on the roster where you're like, now all these other people are like not getting their time and like almost kind of wasting their careers that, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't happen to one of these people. Cause I think all three of them are great. Uh, I'm kind of shocked to see Ember moon back in NXT. I really expected her to show back up on SmackDown or raw. I honestly kind of expected her not to be seen until the draft that's coming up. Uh, what over the next week, I believe I think it's, yeah, it's like ninth and 13th. So I thought we weren't going to see her until the draft, and then people would be like, oh, God, Amber Moon's coming back. Oh, she just got drafted to this. But instead, she was the mystery woman on NXT. So, you know, I think that could also be a great match. You know, I said all these other people that Io Shirai could face. Ember Moon and Tony Storm were also great people that she could face. I, I hope Ember Moon doesn't have any ring rust. I wouldn't want to see her get injured again since her last match, I think, was over a year ago at this point. but. You know, a lot of cool, exciting things happened. It wasn't like the flashiest and most like jaw-dropping pay-per-view WWE's ever had, but it was such a good, solid wrestling pay-per-view that I don't think I was disappointed or not a single match like met my expectations. Whereas, you know, last week I kind of complained where a couple matches I felt were just short and rushed and mediocre, like the Bailey versus Asuka, like why not pick someone else like Lacey Evans or Naomi? Like I, there was a couple things I was disappointed in the NXT yet again, not, not a single thing I was disappointed in a great pay-per-view. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, even if you did watch it, just go back and watch it. Like I am tempted that when I'm done with this, I'm probably going to go rewatch the Finn Balor match. Cause him and Kyle O'Reilly were insane. I will not stop saying that. So I know that's probably like the fifth time I said it, you'll just have to deal with it. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to see what happens next because just the potential between UE, Finn Balor, and Ridge Holland is there's just so much and it can be so good. And I think we'll finally get to see Ridge Holland kind of cut more promos like on the spot and we'll finally get a feel for is he good? Is he going to make it? What's going to happen? So 100%. Uh, if you listen to this and comment on whatever platform you used on go to our facebook go to twitter anything tell me what you think tell me your thoughts tell me if you think i'm right or wrong on who some of these wrestlers might face next who you think might they face next what you might think happen am i right about finn balor stable am i wrong 100 i just love talking wrestling literally i'm doing a podcast episode by myself just talking because i can talk about wrestling all day whether it's with another person or not so 
100%. If you have anything to say, want to have a conversation, or even have questions or topics you want Paul or I to touch on down the road, let us know. We will be more than happy to do it. Uh, either way, thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll probably be doing another episode this week, so you might hear me say this again, uh, because I might do another one touching on Raw and SmackDown that happened this past week. Uh, if I do, same thing. Listen to that. Let me know what you think. And just thanks for listening, guys.